Talking Sustainability with Allie and Justin. On this episode, Talking Sustainability with Kingston and the Islands MPP, Ted Shu. All right. Hey, I'm Justin. Hey, I'm Allie. And we're here talking sustainability. Um, we're going to get some insight from some of our classmates on what they think of sustainability and what it means to them. And uh, we're going to be joined by Member of Provincial Parliament, the Honorable uh, Ted Shu, Member of Provincial Parliament for Kingston and the Islands, former Member of Parliament for Kingston and the Islands, and uh, somebody who knows a lot about sustainability. So um, I'm really excited. Let's, uh, yeah, let's jump in. And let's jump started. in. Let's get Ted on the line. Allie and I are taking a sustainability class at St. Lawrence. Um, we're going to be traveling to Costa Rica for two weeks at the end of April uh, as part of the program. Um, we're kind of co-studying with some students in Costa Rica. Um, and so for one of our projects, we had the option to do a podcast. And I, I because I have equipment and I've done podcasting before, I said to Ali, let's, uh, let's do a podcast to hopefully explain to people or to come to, to the end result being to just an explanation of what sustainability is. So in, in, in our class, we've learned that there's four pillars. There's environmental, economic, social, and cultural, um, which, you know, sounds very big and broad, but on a simple term, what does sustainability mean to you? Um, it means being on, being able to live and uh, allowing future generations to live. And so all these things that we might want to pass on, like a natural environment, uh, an economy that works, uh, social capital and cultural, uh, I'll call that capital as well, because that's really, really important for helping societies survive in the long term. Uh, it's important to pass, to nurture them and maintain them and, and uh, build on what you have and pass it on. So essentially leaving, leaving this place a little better for the people that are, uh, that are behind us. Yeah, in all, the, in all the different aspects. One of our questions is, uh, why is sustainability important? Um, because, I guess because we do, uh, there's a, there can be a tendency for uh, people or societies to, to expand and just take advantage of the, some of the resources they have. Uh, and then, but those resources are finite. So they're not infinite. And uh, societies then have to make sure that uh, they work with that fact. So uh, for example, we don't have infinite amount of space. And so when we construct our cities, we have to make sure that we don't keep expanding out and expanding out and building uh, cities that are hard to live in because it takes so long to get any, everywhere. And also because we lose the environmental services uh, from the land that we use up and it could be wetlands or it could be just uh, woodland. Um, it, it's also economically, it's very, very expensive to, uh, if you have a city that's all sprawled out you're condemning future generations to have, uh, to pay a lot of money for transportation uh, to get around. And if I could continue that, if I could continue that example, um, uh, sometimes you have to change culture. So some cultures around the world are used to, um, they don't need uh, big, lots of space. And so they can more sustainably use space to live in. Our culture uh, doesn't really have that. We like to spread out. And that may be something in our culture that we need to learn from, from other cultures. 
No, that's a great answer, Ted. That's uh, very uh, all-encompassing in terms of what sustainability means to you. And, and I know looking at your bio, um, you know, you were very involved. You still are very involved with Switch Kingston. Um, and it's easy to see sustainability as an environmental you know, uh, pillar. The environmental pillar seems to be the one that that tends to overtake the other three. Um, so it, you know, kind of what what led you to to be so environmentally conscious in terms of switch and to be involved with switch. Um, I think that what led me to be involved with switch and other things like that is just long term thinking. It's thinking about. What's what the world is going to be like in 10 years or 20 years and what it's going to be like uh, when my kids are grown up or when my grandkids are grown up and just feeling a sense of responsibility, intergenerational responsibility. And uh, so that that's is really what leads me to think about sustainability. It's, and as you say, it's not just environmental sustainability, but it's you know, what kind of social institutions do we pass on? Right now I'm in politics and I really believe in passing on uh, working uh, democratic institutions that work well. Um, that's, a, that's a constant struggle. It requires eternal vigilance, as they say. Um, and, uh, but there, it's, work, it's worth working on because you need to, it, it's what makes us able to live the way we do. It's not just the natural resources. Uh, and you have to pass that on. Awesome. Uh, what are the benefits of sustainability? Well, I think if you, you if it just comes down to dollars and cents, uh, everything's much more affordable if you live sustainably. So you don't have to spend money to clean up messes if you avoid them in the first place. Uh, if you, um, you know, and that idea extends not only to the environment where we have uh, lots of examples of uh, for example, mines in the olden days. Uh, mines today are pretty clean, but in the old days, they used to leave behind a big mess. And they've, some economists have looked at old mines and, saw, and thought, you know, we probably, if you take into account the cleanup costs and the, um, the health costs, uh, we probably lost money as a, as a society, uh, allowing that mine to open and operate the way it did. Um, I think that... Uh, Things like culture. So I mentioned like some uh, some cultures have adapted to live in certain some situations. So, so just something maybe that's closer to to home is is just being able to a culture that is adapted to living in uh, denser neighborhoods and smaller homes. So in our culture, we there's a little bit of stigma or maybe people look down a little bit on people who rent small apartments and live in small apartments. And, but that's not a sustainable way of doing things. So there are other cultures where it's just regular to, to have a small apartment and to be a renter and people are, um, don't suffer any loss of status because of that. And to change culture is, is really, really hard. Um, and, so if you have a culture that helps you live in a certain way, it's a real asset that needs to be preserved. I think another thing would be, um, could be, for example, uh, tobacco use. It used to be, if you go back 50, 60 years, it would be, you'd watch movies or something and it was kind of cool to be smoking. <laughs> and so the culture was built about around smoking. And then uh, when we realized that there was an enormous cost to smoking in terms of health, and economic cost, it was 
it wasn't something we could change overnight. We had to change the culture around how people viewed smoking. Uh, and that took, that took a, one or two generations to do. This is very, very, very hard to change culture. But once you have that, like if you have a culture that uh, helps you resist things like addictions, uh, certain kinds of addictions, it's, it's a real asset that needs to be preserved. What a great example. I, uh, I worked in public health for a number of years before coming back to school uh, at a time where we started that cultural change by, uh, you know, creating a normalization that you wouldn't smoke at a restaurant, that you wouldn't smoke on patios. And, you know, if you look at Kingston, you know, even 20 years ago, you know, bars and restaurants had smoking sections, patios were smoking sections, and, you know, it, that's gone. I mean, it's when you take kids today and you explain to how it used to be, they kind of look at you like you've got two heads thinking you people smoked cigarettes in restaurants. And, you know, I even tell my kids, I mean, I remember shopping at what was then the Cataraqui Town Center back in the township days where the top of the garbage cans was a little sand uh, bowl where you would put that's where the that's where uh, uh, cigarette butts went in when you butted your cigarette out and you know it, it uh, but it, what a great example Ted that's that's really neat um, bringing it down to an individual level what are some of the things that we can do as individuals to create a more sustainable future just on a very basic level so let me let me go through each of the four pillars and try to find perfect that would example. be awesome yeah that would be great I think uh, I think environmentally it is to you know if there's uh, environmentally, we want to, I think the biggest thing is to stop burning fossil fuels. So if, if, you, if it looks like it's less expensive to have an electric vehicle, then, then go for an electric vehicle. If, it's, if it looks like it's easier to ride the bike more or walk more or maybe live in the middle of a big city so you don't need to worry so much about private transportation, uh, then try to do that. Um, now I can think of a hundred other things, but that's that's that's, one that's a great example. That's a great example. Uh, for the for the economic pillar, I think um, I give you maybe a more complicated example. So uh, let's let's think about the loss of the um, the plant in uh, the, the chocolate factory, the Hershey chocolate factory in Smith Falls, and now recently there's the the cannabis uh, company there. But think about why that chocolate factory was able to move. And the reason is because it was kind of a standalone factory and, and it was just easy to move the factory to somewhere else. And we know from uh, industrial policy that if you have not just a factory, but you have also the suppliers of that factory and the customers of that factory and all the services, uh, the engineers, the lawyers, the accountants, uh, the, the educational training, you know, if you have uh, what they call an ecosystem around a factory. It's very hard for those jobs to move away because it's moving away from all of its supports. So trying to build economies where you have uh, all sorts of companies that rely on each other together in one place, it's a way to um, keep jobs from moving away. Um, in, the, in the cultural pillar, um, I think what we can do is... Uh, there's, there's certain habits. Like we have in Canada, we have this habit that we line up for things. Uh, and it, it's a really efficient way of distributing services that are in short supply. And so, and because you know, in other countries, like 
if you're just getting on the bus or something there, but there's a mad rush. So, and so individuals are struggling to, to uh, get to the front of the line, but uh, the whole community suffers because you, there's a loss of order and a lot of inefficiency from people uh, trying to get something all at the same time. So this culture that we have in Canada of lining, everybody knows you gotta line up. That's, that's a valuable asset that we should be trying to preserve. Um, social things, I think, uh, just an example of that. Um, one thing I'd like to see is, so for example, if you have people who maybe if they're poor or they have, they're struggling with addictions and they move to a big city for help, they leave behind their friends and family and their social connections. And there's a loss of social capital there. And I think that this is a very sort of very practical thing in provincial policy. If we wanted to help deal with the addictions problem that we have in Ontario, we should be providing services in the communities where people come from. Because, because then I think dealing with addictions is a lot easier if you have friends and family around, as opposed to you going to uh, a large city, a larger city somewhere where you have to build all new social support. So everything from homelessness to addictions, a lot of the, uh, when people fall on hard times, um, if we can provide services in the communities that they come from, then they can retain their social capital and everybody benefits from that because it's just much easier to deal with uh, misfortune if you have your social connections. So we should be trying to preserve uh, that as much as possible. Yeah, don't want to throw you on the spot, but I do know that, uh, you know, if you look at the last 30 years, um, just the cuts to social programs, the cuts to healthcare. I lived in Kingston at a time where if you were a youth struggling with mental health issues, Beach Grove was an institution that existed that provided support. Um, you know, the old Kingston Psych Hospital. I mean, we've 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 things have changed. And, I, and again, I don't want to I don't want to get political on this and, uh, and, and you know, get get partisan in terms of blaming. But um, do you think it's too late to turn that ship around and go back to a model where those supports are in the communities that people live in? Well, no, I don't think so, because we're still I mean, we still need to build them up, I think. I mean, from the addictions point of view, just in the last few years, there have been some new drugs that, that have uh, uh, come into the market and are causing real problems. So we're still responding to to addictions and we're still responding to the leftover mental health problems from the pandemic. So I, yeah, there's definitely time to restructure things and, and build anew in uh, like throughout the province in, in all the communities so that people can stay, stay in their own community if they have a, an issue come up. That's great, Ted. Listen, we have we we could sit here for another half an hour. Um, we, we we really only wanted to do a ten to fifteen minutes, so we'll cut it here. Um, just in terms, is there anything else that you want to add in? Anything that uh, you, you you think? Hey, this would be this is an important point to think of. I mean, looking at the questions and answers, I think we got some really well rounded uh, information. And I mean. Boy, do you ever come across as somebody who knows what uh, what he's talking about? And I know that it's not just the talk the talk. You actually walk the walk on that. But is there anything else you want to throw in? Anything we missed? Um, just just an idea that uh, there's a lot of hidden value that's that uh, if you don't preserve will cost. It's not something that you can quantify in terms of dollars and cents. But if you don't take care of it, it will cost you a lot of dollars and cents. And and those are the the environmental. Uh, values and 
things that are not so obvious in our economy that are very valuable, uh, social connections, social institutions, and just culture, cultural habits that help us live that um, some cultures have and some cultures don't. And, and it's really worth preserving those valuable cultures. And actually in Canada, we have people from different cultures coming to Canada. So we can actually um, learn from each other and, Absolutely. and uh, benefit from, oh, there's this, they do this this other way in this other country or in this other ethnic group. We can learn from that, and you know, then then it then we actually start to grow and profit from different cultures. Well, that's great, Ted. I really appreciate that. Yes, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And again, in amidst a very busy schedule, um, thank you so much, Ted. We really appreciate this. Good luck on the exploratory uh, tour, and uh, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully Kingston uh, is represented by a leader of a party. I don't think that's ever happened before. So um, would love to see you doing that. And again, you're doing a great job as our MPP. Um, really appreciate having you uh, looking out for us, Ted. Yeah. Okay, and good luck with your course. And good luck with your trip, too. It sounds exciting. Thank you thank so much. You. We're going to bring you something back as a thank you from Costa Rica. So we look forward to seeing you in a few <laughs> weeks. And uh, yeah. All right, Ted. Take care. Thanks thank so much. You. Bye. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Talking Sustainability is a Justin and Allie production for Gene 115.